So hi, I want to welcome everyone to the podcast today. And with us today, we have Tori Montgomery from our marketing group. He is going to be uh, sharing some insights with us and giving us some information on what's going on in his world today. So with that, how are you doing today, Tori? I'm doing great, Joe. How are you? Very good. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, yeah. So give me a little bit of background. Tell me about yourself. Okay. Um, well, look, I... I, I I'm a guy from a small town. I grew up in a in a small town in Bath, Maine. Uh, fun fact: there, it's uh, it is a shipyard town where they build. It's one of two yards in the country that builds destroyers for the Navy, the U.S. Navy. Oh wow! My, fa- my father was uh, a naval architect, and we moved there for that job. And uh, fun fact around that: in World War II, right? World War II, the Bath Iron Works <clears throat> put out 82 destroyers between Pearl Harbor and the end of World War II. Wow. meant a, sh- a ship, a destroyer, was hit in the water every 17 days. That's incredible. Think about that. Those ships are longer than a football field. Right. Five stories high. They're huge ships. And the, I just think it's, I think it's amazing, you know, kind of what people can do when they put their minds to it, right? That's incredible. So it was a fun little small place, 10,000 people, great place to grow up. Um, I have uh, I'm married for 25 years. I have mm-hmm. a lovely wife, Marianne. I have two uh, two wonderful daughters uh, who are one's going to be a senior at Boston University next year, and the other's going to be a freshman at Colorado State University. Um, so nice, nice family. And, yes. uh, yeah, so that's a little and bit. I back. see a puppy in the background. Yeah, I see a puppy in the background. I think. Oh uh, yes, you see, around. You see Boo. Yeah, that's my that's that's my mascot, Boo. Yeah. Very cool. That's your coworker. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, good. So, tell me about your career and how you landed here at Salinas, because I know you've only been with us what now a year or two? A little over a little over a year. A little over <laughs> a year. Um, but shoot, I think I've been in the in the industry probably over thirty years. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm definitely a gray-haired guy now. <laughs> I actually started. Uh, in the water treatment industry, when I came out of business school, I didn't want to get a real job, and I, I went to work for a guy that did industrial chemical cleaning. Oh wow! I, and uh, and so I worked for him for a little over a year, and then I said, you know, I want to do this myself, and I moved to the Northeast, New Jersey, and I started my own business, my own industrial chemical cleaning business. So wow. I built I built a 5,000 gallon rubber line tanker trailer with this big pumping system on it that could pull a vacuum and and anyway so I, I would uh, I would go out and do acidizing of boilers and heat exchange systems and uh, started my own business and and what I used to do is I used to go call on all the water treatment companies right so mm-hmm. I'd call on Go and Betts at the time and uh, and I would go to their district meetings and I would tell them about what I could do and I would say look now I if I'm if I'm at the the Betts meeting, right, I'd say, no, look, I know you guys never have a dirty boiler. <laughs> Nalco's boilers, man, they're really dirty. So every time you find a Nalco dirty boiler, you call me, and I'm oh. gonna come and clean the boiler, right? So I got to know everybody in the water treatment uh, industry, and uh, I did that for uh, about three years on my own, and then I had a company bought my company, and I moved up to Maine, and actually uh, back to Maine, right? So I worked mm-hmm. uh, in all the paper mill. Uh, paper mills up there doing liquor line cleanings and digester cleanings. Did okay. that for a year to transfer the business over, and then uh, so that was kind of my entry. And then I I realized that that business was uh, it was a hard business and uh, <laughs> not what I want to do for my career. So then yeah. I went to Alco and I, I was there for 20 years. 
And uh, all, all of that in either strategy or marketing roles. Mm-hmm. And, and 13 years of that was down in uh, the Sugarland area, Houston area, uh, in mar- various marketing roles for the downstream business, refining and petrochemicals. And so okay. at the end of that, I was the director of marketing for that downstream business globally. Um, so for, for them. And then did my 20 years and, uh, and then retired. Mm-hmm. It was time for, time for something new and, uh, you know, a, a new company. And then uh, uh, about a year later, after doing some consulting, I joined uh, Salinas. Wow, that's yeah. quite a varied. I mean, we'd never think that you'd gone from chemical cleaning or doing some kind of advertising <laughs> to coming into this industry and doing marketing. That's just completely um, off the path. But that's a great way to to segue into this business. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about then. You know, how long you said you thirty years in the industry at most. What now are you doing at Selenus for us now that you've come into this marketing role? I mean, what is your your main focus? Yeah. So. So look, I, I think I was hired at Salinas, here's what I was told, right, by, by Ed Connors and, and, uh, <laughs> and, and Tim Wood at the time. It's like, look, we, we, we're, we want to be working more in heavy industry, right? Mm-hmm. want that to be our focus. And, and we want one of those key focuses is we want to grow our business in refining and petrochemical. So I, I was brought in to, to look at that globally, help help develop the strategy around that and then execute, work with the regions to execute that strategy. Mm-hmm. So I can see if you can show it just kind of real quick. This is, this is what I keep posted on my board so I can look at it all the time, right? But this yeah. is a real simple strategy. And I think to be successful, it has to boil down to a small number of things that you focus on. So anytime I talk to anybody, whether it's Ed Connors or down to a, a rep at the field, I mean, this is what, this is what we're, I think we need to be executing on to be successful in the CPI and HPI market. And it, it comes down to, uh, look, there's some great things that we have here at Salinas. It was really neat in my first three months just talking with people and learning. You right. know, I learned that, one, look, we we have, uh, it's a huge market. It's a $2 billion global market, HPI. Mm-hmm. And we have only uh, about $80 million globally. So we have a very small share, which is a great thing because that means it's all upside potential, right? And then, but then, then the customers, people ask you, well, you know, what gives you the right to, uh, to be successful and to, to get business here? And the great thing is we have pockets of excellence in, in all mm-hmm. regions of the world, you know, Marathon here in North America, right? Some right. BASF business, uh, Eastman, Arkema. Um, so we're doing a lot of business where we're doing really, really well, uh, right. but it's still not, it's still not a lot of market share yet. But we know how to be successful. What we knew is need to do is get the word out and 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 grow that right and expand on that success that we already have. Right. And to do that, you know, one, it's it's sort of creating that virtual team. Mm-hmm. So uh, even though reps are selling a lot of different types of business, right? My job is to make sure they're thinking they're thinking about CPI and HPI, and they understand how to sell that business, work that business, and to do that, we kind of I like to think we're trying to create a team of the key account managers that are working together with the applications people thinking about that, right, with the key reps, guys mm-hmm. with experience like a Tom Bonham or a Mitch Duggar now right here in North America, right? And we create that team of knowledge and experience around CPI and HPI accounts. So you, so you create that team, 
you focus on a small number of corporate accounts. It's, it's a corporate account driven business. So mm-hmm. we can't be successful with reps just going out and calling individually. Right. Pop down with corporate uh, the corporate account managers and then bottom up with the reps. Um, so you, you need to do that. We need to get our name out in the market. You know, I went around and talked to a lot of people at AFPM my first year here and said, hey, do you know what Slanus does? Do you know who we are? <laughs> and to a man and woman, they said, no, I really don't know what you guys do in this in, the, in our industry. Right. Right. So we got to get that. We got to get the brand name out there. And okay. that, right. And, and then the last thing is we've got some great technologies, especially for the HPI CPI industry. Right. Mm-hmm. Our ClearPoint technology is a fantastic fit with the leaks that are always occurring there, right, and the dirty systems that they have. Right. Hexaval, the Hexaval technology, I mean, these plants have hundreds of heat exchangers, right, that are mm-hmm. high duty and, and really stressed. The Hexaval program is just a great program for helping them manage, right, their, their performance. Right. And our OnGuard platform, which is performance-based, right, and not residual-based, uh, again, it's it's a great fit in that market. So we have we have some great technologies, and we've got to drive those uh, always and and more you know, into uh, into the plants there, and just get the word out, right? And be confident that we can go sell this business. It's a uh, it's a great opportunity we have, and nothing but uh, nothing but growth runway ahead of us. So anyway, that's, really that's encouraging. No, that's good. That's, that's, that's good. my job. That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> and we're so, yeah. to see success. So I'm I'm pretty excited. Right. And you hit the nail on the head there. I think when you said that, you know, nobody really understands or knows who Selenis is just yet. And I think it's because we don't have as much of the market share yet. But I think as we begin to big, pick up that business, you're right. The people are going to understand a little bit better who we are and, and where we come from. Yep. But uh, very yep. good point. Great story. A great story to tell for sure. Yeah. So how how it is, give me a little bit of an idea how we differ. You said the technology that we have is incredible. And I agree with you. On guard platform, you know, I come from the bet side and, and GE water side and had never seen anything anywhere near the performance space control, right? It was always monitoring and then residuals. Um, or even the clear point technology that we're talking about today with the new biocides. What's your perspective coming from Nalco? How do we compare to what they had? Uh you know, in, in some areas, we're, we're a parody, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe even have to do a little bit of catching up. But, uh, but in, in, in some key areas, we, we've leapfrogged or we're, we're thinking about it differently. And so, mm-hmm. you know, as I said, on, on those technologies, it's those three technologies that, that, that I'm looking at. The mm-hmm. on-guard, it's really around the 3B and the 3H, right? And, and because nobody really uh, right now is is able is looking at scaling potential in and in, in in a system they have a tag say nalco has a tag polymer right and as that, as that polymer gets consumed it means there's stress in the system and you need to feed more polymer but that's still not looking at performance of an exchanger it's just looking at what's going on on your chemistry in the system right that's why i say performance-based automation that's what 3b and 3h is to be able to dial in on a critical exchanger and then see in real time, right, whether whether you're having problems or not. So if you're keeping that, you know, that target on, on your 3B or your 3H clean, then your right. critical exchangers are are clean, right? And so that's difference. That's performance based, and that's what our customers care about. 
they really don't care what we feed the camera, how we keep their system clean. They don't care. They just mm-hmm. want to know that their exchangers are clean and uh, and not corroding and right. are you know performing efficiently, right? Right. And and then I really like I think the Hexaval works really really well with with the performance based uh, automation and our chemistry, in that. Again, when you're looking at, as we're trying to pivot more from specialty chemical plants, we want to get more into refining, right? Mm-hmm. But also into petrochemical. And these are large facilities. And they can have two, three, four, five hundred heat exchangers. Right. Well, if you're an operations uh, manager or in, in that plant, which exchangers, you know, how do you know where to focus, right? Mm-hmm. How do you, you know you have some problems out there, but how about in an organized way? How do, right. you, how do you go from 500 to say these 50 or 30 are the ones that are going to bite you? They're the ones that are going to bring you yeah. down, you know, outside of your turnaround, right? These are the ones that are going to cause you to reduce production of gasoline in the middle of the summer. Right. To be able to identify that, that's critical. That means millions of dollars to a petrochemical plant or a refinery. And mm-hmm. our Hexaval model, look, everybody can do exchanger monitoring. Napa mm-hmm. has that, Suez has that, but but what we have is this the hydrothermal stress coefficient, right? HSC. Mm-hmm. And so we have a proprietary way of taking all this information in on the exchangers and the stress of exchanger and saying, you know, these bubble up to the top. Right. It's 30. And and uh, the good thing at, at Marathon is interesting talking to Gordon Johnson and, and work that they've done there. They have 350 exchangers at Garyville, right? Mm-hmm. And when they first applied just the API guidelines for stressed heat exchangers, low flow, high, high skin temp, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, more than half of the exchangers in the refinery, so over 200 exchangers popped up mm-hmm. as problems, right? As factors as critical. Well, that doesn't really help the refinery to focus, right? But when we put our model of, of the hydrothermal stress coefficient, that in there, it came down to 70. Yeah. Right? 70 exchanges, which then they could look at and work on and say, okay, work with the work with operations. What can we do here from a mechanical standpoint or an operational standpoint to get them out of this risk range? Right. And they did that work, right? They did that work. And then it came down, and then when they did reevaluate in Hexaval, it came down to 35. Yeah. And that's wow. 30- Exchanges, they said, look, guys, it is what it is. These, we're going to try to do this with chemistry. We're going to, you know, we're going to do this with ClearPoint was brought in. And it it was a huge effect because we found also those 35 exchanges. Oh, then we still, when we evaluate it in Hexaval, 21 of those exchanges, it's not scale. Right. We're quite sure it's biofouling. Right. And that was done through information from, um, a 3B type analyzer, right? right? Plus, but but an analyzer that could mimic the exchangers, and knowing that those exchangers were not high temperature, they were low flow, but they were in a temperature range that said that's probably biofilm at this mm-hmm. temperature, right? And that yeah. that helped them convince to try the, our ClearPoint technology there, and uh, and it saved them millions of dollars, millions right. of dollars, huge impact, right? So, so those bringing those things and, and look, so the last thing is whether it's Nalco or Suez, mm-hmm. they're really not focusing on, not focusing on biofilm, right, as a, as an issue. 
and and most of them still are comfortable just using bleach, right? Right. Or or, or bromine technologies. Uh, so they don't have uh, the monochloramine technology that we have. Right. And, and that is a, I think what we found early that others haven't really realized is how big the impact of, uh, of biofilm is on these plants, especially in right. the yeah, industry, right? So that's, that's, that's put all those together, right? right. Powerful offering. You know, the, the other, the only thing about it, right. It's also, it's, it's, difficult right I mean, in, in terms of there's a lot you have to know yeah right you have to understand how to run hexaval that's a lot of work implementing a, a monochloramine program clear point program a lot of work right so we got to get good at that uh but the payoff is huge for for our customers and then because of that for us that's fantastic and you know we've had a lot of wins recently so i'm sure there's going to be a lot of good case histories coming out right sure. We're excited. I think within certainly within the next six months or so, uh, we're going to have some really strong case histories uh, for, for for our industry and HPI CPI. So. Fantastic. So tell me, with COVID and everything, what are we seeing in the industry and what's happening for us on that end as well? Yeah, uh, crazy times. Huh? I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> who would have thought? Who would have? Nobody could pre- could have predicted this. Uh, and uh, it's had a very large impact, especially on refining. Right. Right. Think, think about um, nobody's flying, mm-hmm. nobody's driving. Right. And I think the numbers uh, in in North America, I think I heard something like um, jet fuel mm-hmm. diesel is, uh, has gone down, demand has gone down like 95%. Wow. Ga- demand for gasoline went down about 50%. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so That's now you've got... Right. Significant. So you've got all these refineries who um, suddenly you know, they make money by running full tilt, right? mm-hmm. full utilization. That's one of the things that they all measure and care about. Right. Because their cost it, after the cost of the oil right, to produce gas mm-hmm. it is this fixed asset that they have. Right? Yeah. Being efficient, covering those costs. So, so if they're only running at sixty percent or something like that, or sixty-five percent, yeah, they can't cover those guys. It's, it's really tough. Yeah. So it's tough. It's a tough time with them, and 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 then also doing the right thing with COVID. They're saying, look, we only want essential people in the plant. Now we're essential, mm-hmm. you know, but but in a lot of these plants, they say, well, you know, instead of having five people here every day or times a week, we want two. Right. right. Only, only the people that have to be here to keep the some systems running, to do the important stuff, rotate them through, right? Um, so that creates a challenge. And if it's not essential activity, like running a trial for something on something new, um, or us getting in doing a survey on a new new piece of business for a new potential customer, they, uh, it's very hard. They're very usually going to say, no, not right now, right? Right. So... That's difficult for us right now in, in moving um, new opportunities forward and, and closing and getting trials up and running. But, you know, that, that being said, um, there's ways to do that. We've got to be, mm-hmm. creative. you know, it's not an excuse to not not move things forward. Right. 
So, uh, so, and, and we're doing that, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're doing that and we're learning how to do more like this, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, how that's uh, not, instead of just internal, uh, right. we're doing this with customers uh, all, all the time now. And we're that's getting, great. yeah, we're getting comfortable with that. So, um, yeah, we're learning new things and mm-hmm. we're in ways to move this uh, stuff forward. And, uh, you know, we will. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, right? Yeah. Well, good. So give me some parting words of advice for like somebody out there and how they can really use the techniques that we have for pushing the product or making more inroads with a customer or prospect at this time. Um, yeah. So let me, I would say two things. Mm-hmm. I, I, w- I would, I would, um, one, one's for them and one's for me in marketing. Okay. Oh, okay. So for them, I'd say, you know, perseverance. Perseverance. If you got one one word, perseverance, meaning what we do in our business is hard. It takes a long time, whether it's selling a new piece of business or it's getting a new technology up and running uh, in an account successfully. Mm -hmm. Uh, It takes time. It takes lots of calls. It takes lots of missteps. It just happens. Right. That's not failure. Right. That's just that's just the business. So persevere. It, it seems like a long road, but when you take that first step, as you take the next one, next one, it get, you, you're going to get there if you persevere, right. right? And you got a lot of people around to help you. A lot of people you can call. Please call your support, whether it's myself or our applications folks or, you know, people that have been in the industry a while. There's a lot of support there available for you. Right. Persevere. Work it through because then you're going to look back a year later and go, wow, look at the stuff I did, right? It, yeah. it was hard. It took a long time, but. Man, this is great. And that's creating another opportunity for me because the other part uh, is for the marketing bit, right, is as you're doing this, think in the future, too. As you start something, uh, an application, document the current situation, whether that's a, a competitor you're taking it from or whether it's our own business. And, and you know, there's some challenges that we're trying to overcome. Mm-hmm. Document that. Quantify that. You have it, right? Run, do the tests, ask for help too to, to get that baseline. Right. Because when you implement or you take over that new account and you do those great things, then we also have to document and quantify that. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be pretty, but gather it, right? Gather that information and 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 set that. That's where you use me, right? Send it to mm-hmm. us. We need to create those case studies. That's how we sell business, right? Our customers always ask, well, what have you done for others? And they right. want to be documented, right? So, so persevere, but as you're going that collect data, have a good baseline, right? And then mm-hmm. make sure you're monitoring success and understand what success looks like and how to quantify success before you even start the application. You should right. know that, right? And then document it. And and then we will we will work with you to pack it. We will package that up because we want to take your success and we want to take it to uh, all the rest of our reps, right. not just North America, but around the world, right? And use right. that to get our increase our credibility to get the next piece of business and to help the next customer do what we do. Absolutely, and take it to the prospect too. I think you know one of the things that that ideal there is to take that story and broadcast it you know use linkedin use facebook whatever we can right yeah yeah the, the the main reason for that story really is to take it to the 
the prospects or mm-hmm. asking for, well, what have you done? Show me, give me an idea of your credibility, right? Right. So and what better story than you built this, you know, entire booklet, if you will, of all the things that we got to that point. It's not just one page blurb. It's an entire story and narrative of how you got there. That's right. So, That's right. Very yeah. good. So anything, parting words of wisdom or anything you'd like to add that maybe you want to call to action or anything? Uh, you know, I think I think in our conversation, I brought out the, the, you know, the key things that we're working on, where we're trying to get to. And, and I think the end here was that was a call to action, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, please, the work you're doing can help everybody in the organization. Um, so uh, I guess the last parting words I'd have is have fun. Right. We're in a great position because of, like I said, the, the technologies that we have, our, our credibility, what we've done, good things for for some of these key customers. Uh, we should be very confident of going forward and, and winning new business. And that's a lot of fun. Right. Yeah. And, and once we, it's going to be hard work as we get going. But as we as we do that hard work, it's going to get easier and easier right. as we get that credibility. And it's a lot of fun to grow the business and we can grow the business even given these conditions that are there right now customers still have needs that need that they're looking for help with right right so let's go have fun and uh let's let's take some business from our competitors it's it's there for the taking let's do it well everyone <laughs> stay safe thank you so much Tori, Thanks, for joining i enjoyed us. it thank you all right bye-bye